five, four, three, two, one. I'm John Miglosh for the Wisconsin DMA and the International Society for Strategic Marketing. <clears throat> Let's get over to the news. Okay, this one's a real shocker. And uh, pardon me for not marking it all up. I had some challenges with the with the, <laughs> the techie stuff, uh, which I often do. Um, oh, we were going to do that. Yep, let's go. Let's move this one over. Live is tough. So I just want to play this commercial from my childhood. And I want you to note, note, just watch, pay attention. It's an Aunt Jemima commercial from 1967. <laughs> Jemima pancakes without her syrup is like the spring without the fall. There's only one thing worse in this universe. That's no Aunt Jemima's at all. Aunt Jemima's without Aunt Jemima syrup? That's ridiculous. Okay, so it was basically a white family with uh, Aunt Jemima enjoying Aunt Jemima pancakes. <clears throat> and one of the Aunt Jemimas, one of the people who played Aunt Jemima, actually was uh, her home after she passed away was designated a national monument because of the um, of all the devotion to that. But as you know, if we get rid of the YouTube, <clears throat> as you know, Pearl Mining got rid of Aunt Jemima uh, because there was positive and negative, it was controversial. Let's just say it was controversial, that's fair. But now the packaging says, just as good as Aunt Jemima. <laughs> Which does some funny things in your brain, right? Uh, one, of those, one of those principles of, of, uh, of advertising is you don't mention your competition because uh, people will pay more attention to the competition than they will to the, uh, the new brand. And so... Um, I would advise Pearl Mining to just forge ahead. <clears throat> They're putting out a new commercial, uh, which shows basically all black uh, families and different contexts, but it's all black. Now, my own experience, which was growing up in the Deep South and then moving to a suburb, not and outside of the suburbs, I would say, you know, in those days, it was a long ways out. When we moved there, there was no freeway, so... It took, you know, 45 minutes or something just to get to the edge of Milwaukee. But, um, you know, we just didn't have any much experience. I went down uh, with multicultural anything. Uh, my dad took me down to the to the Father Grappi um, marching. And so we marched along in, the, in, you know, I don't know what the address was, but in what, what we would, what, what we called... I don't know what we called it. We just marched with Father Grappi. And when Father Grappi organized a march to Madison, uh, Dad went down to where they were camping and invited a bunch a bunch of the people up to stay at our house. And so we had a big pot of chili. We played pool in the basement. And um, and that was about as multicultural as I got. Um, you know, they're just, they're just, there were only white people around where I lived. That's all it was. Um and so, you know, that's controversial, too. It's still kind of that way, mostly, but not entirely. Um, so maybe you need to change this. I, re I just listened to, like, 45 minutes of Aunt Jemima history. Um, but anyway, 
you got either that or, you know, we all are racist. We all have positives. That's what Reggie White tried to say in one of his uh, one of his great messages to the state uh, the state legislature of, of, of Wisconsin, and he was vilified for it, which I thought was a great tragedy because what he was trying to do was talk about the positives of race. And uh, to me, Aunt Jemima was a positive, but that's only because, you know, I didn't know any better, I suppose. But anyway, you have the alternative of 39, almost 40% of all Internet traffic is from bad bots, not just bots, but bad bots, those naughty bots. And uh, according to this, automatic, automated traffic takes up 64% of Internet traffic. 25% of that automated traffic is made by good bots, such as search engine crawlers and social network bots. 39% of all traffic was bad bots, according to Barracuda, which is one of the leaders in server protection. Whoa. So only about a third is human. My goodness. Think about that when you're doing your advertising allocation, right? Okay, so over to Ritson. <clears throat> Today's article by Mark Ritson was Ritson's top quotes from marketers who aren't dead white men. And as I've noted before, anti-racism can be racism. It calls attention to something that really uh, is unfortunate um, because now he brought in his his top 10 quotes, apparently he had done an article about uh, great marketing heroes of the past 150 years. And then he got in trouble because the list was dominated by dead white white men. And um, he didn't want to deny that these great marketers, he didn't want to deny them and he didn't want to ignore their contribution. But he knew that it didn't, it didn't reflect today's marketing. So it's kind of a quandary, right? Um, and so what he did was go out on the Internet and ask for top 10 quotes from marketers who aren't dead. And he, he picked these top 10. And what struck me about them is, and pardon the pagination here, uh, is how trendy they are and how um, they're just not punchy. <laughs> you, you can always be an agitator and a disruptor, but what for? You need to step back to look at the latest shiny object, to look for the latest shiny object is not always useful. I don't even know what that's about. And as I went through these, um, as a CMO, I want my business to be the disruptor of, in an industry, not the disrupted. Okay, and she has in her a couple of times. As a marketer, the more closely you can understand your customer from a human perspective, the better. And again, that's an interesting turn of phrase. My red doesn't show up on red. Unfortunately, um, there was one really, really good one. So I'll go down to that. And you can go over to WDMA and subscribe. It's free. Um, planners should have a post should have post-it notes on their desk saying they really don't give a shit. <laughs> People's indifference to brands and advertising should be the starting point. Sarah Carter, that one was. That one was golden, and again, I apologize for the pagination. Um, I did this fast. But uh, here's my take on the whole thing. I'll show you my take. And uh, in defense of the quotes, they probably were done, you know, in a speech or something like that where uh, it probably was done uh, extemporaneously. And that isn't always 
you don't always get the punchiest quotes. But here's a quote from Gin, a tweet from Ginger Conlon. Uh, and Ginger is a longtime direct marketing expert. And uh, we go back a long way. And she quoted, mail doesn't throw itself away. You have to engage with it. That's the magic. Right? Now, there's a good quote. Right? Oh, and that's from every other channel is fleeting. J.R. Miggs. That was my quote on a panel for the Direct Marketing Club of New York. And um, really great. And that's the way it really, I, I, I guess I kind of think that's the way it, it should work. Ginger and I probably disagree on a lot of stuff. I don't know. You know, we agree on mail, we agree on marketing, and, um, you know, we've had great conversations, and uh, we've worked together as she's published some of my articles, and, you know, I always like and subscribe and share all her stuff. So thank you for that, Ginger, and, you know, don't be afraid <laughs> to work with people different than yourself. That's kind of one of the things I liked about the direct marketing industry. It was very, very different perspectives from all directions. And perspective diversity is the most important thing of all. Have a great day. Like and share. Your friends will know you're smart. Bye-bye.